For those of you with sensitive ears, this episode contains some spicy language. So be warned, explosives to come. And many of them. From the kitchen table, this is Gate Close Panic. For parking every hour, then, or no, you're just moving no, from free hour park to free hour park. If I'm lucky, I get a two, but so I'm recording this at my mum's house, and she lives on a main road. So if it's noisy, I'm sorry. I have a really good memory for people, not always names, but always faces. And frequently the person upon being asked, have you two met? That says, yeah, a few times at the same time that the other person is saying, no, I'm Tom. In the case of Gemma, today's guest, although I know that I know her, I have no idea how. Even though it cannot be the case, I don't remember a time post high school that I haven't known her. Maybe it's just that knowing a person you get by osmosis when you live in a small city. But I don't think I'm the only person who feels this way about Gemma. She's an ever-presence, seemingly everywhere and doing everything and constantly enjoying herself and laughing. She's always so warm and so generous with her attention, which is all the more impressive after hearing everything she's done in her work and her study life. She seems to have whatever magic ingredient it is that you need to spin several plates and still be well-balanced and cheerful. I describe this as magic because I am perpetually frazzed and anxious even when I'm doing almost nothing. One of my friends once told me he didn't think he'd ever felt anxious and I laughed because I thought he was joking. He was not. And this was a few years ago. I think it was genuinely the first time I realized some people don't get stressed. And these people are generally quite healthy and get on with their lives just fine. Which was a revelation to me because I'd always credited my anxiety with my ability to finish anything. Gemma's story is a nice antidote to that notion. And I think that's a notion a lot of us have. I like Gemma's story because it's also an example of somebody who's kept several projects and commitments going, who's worked part-time to do volunteer work or to run events she's passionate about, but has found a way to do this without relying on jobs she doesn't like or is really overqualified for, which is something I'm still learning to do. You might remember me mentioning the Mary Lee exchange last week. That's Gemma and her friend's baby, and I'll link to it again in the social. Until then, enjoy! Uh, do you want to start me off with something? Yeah, I do. Brilliant. Um, <coughs> I'm still getting over this, like, it's what my friend calls the late 20s cold. <laughs> Is it just being perpetually yeah. ill in your late 20s? <laughs> you can't really afford to take yeah, care of yourself yeah. properly. You think you're better, then you go back to work, but you're not quite better. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, I do other things that don't help as well. <laughs> that is a fantastic diagnosis. <laughs> And applies to so many people that I can think of right now. Um, okay, so just to start with, do you just want to introduce yourself? So say kind of who you are and what you do, and then we'll go from there and I'll prompt you. Yep, cool. 
Uh, I'm Gemma, Gemma Beale, um, and I do a lot of things. My most recent job title has been communications coordinator for the last couple of years for an arts company, but I do a lot of things that have a lot of different jobs. I don't put a lot of weight in job titles, <laughs> I don't think, Yeah, but they ever really explain what I've been doing, or job descriptions, really. They so rarely do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great, great, perfect. Um, Okay, so if you, um, if you're comfortable with it, we'll just start kind of whenever you think you started being interested in work per se. So Mm -hmm. if you kind of had a particular interest in school, things Mm -hmm. you were strong in, a direction you saw yourself going in. Yeah, Um, I mean, I did hospital work from when I was like fifteen to. 25 Mm. in school I guess the thing I always thought I wanted to be was a psychologist but in hindsight I think that's probably just because I hadn't like clued into structural inequalities yet so psychologist was just the only like helpful thing I knew how to do yeah other than like medicine which I've never really had the commitment for science. <laughs> yes. Some part of me is like playing with strengths, Jim. <laughs> yeah. That's not going <laughs> to – that's not for you. <laughs> yeah, I had that moment in school Yeah, well. I want to help, but not that mm, much. Mm. I don't want it that badly. Seems like you don't get to see your friends a lot when you do that. <laughs> when would I have beer? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Right. Okay. Good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then, did you did you finish high school? I did. Mm-hmm. So coming out of high school, what were you thinking would kind of be next for you? Um. Well, in year twelve, I guess I was good at history and biology, mm. and I really liked those things. Mm. So I have like this memory of talking to my mum. You know how year twelve is like freak out about yeah tests. I feel like I didn't because um, I talked to my mum and she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, like an arts degree sounds good. She's like, what do you need for that? And 75 or something. She's like, get a 75 gym. It's going to yes. be fine. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, right on. Yeah. So then <laughs> I did. I liked school and I did well in school, but because of that theory and probably my own uh, tendencies towards procrastination <laughs> I didn't like crack the 90s or whatever yeah and, yeah. Uh, and then I got into an arts degree nice uh, philosophy and history double majors mm-hmm. which I really liked mm-hmm. but then I remembered biology so I started a double degree with science wow <laughs> you left and right brain there yeah and then immediately it was like there's a big difference between thinking science is great and being any good at science. <laughs> <laughs> it's a harsh thing yeah. to realise. I remember just sitting there and it was like a three or four hour prep Oof. watching yeast ferment. Oh, I just, I'm just like this. Aww. I don't think, I don't think, this is just the first prac of biology. This, there are going to be so many worse pracs. Yes, than this. yeah, yeah. And also yeah. brilliant pracs, but I never made it that far. So then I went, Back to just straight arts, mm. um, still doing history and philosophy, mm-hmm. but I got kind of frustrated mm. by, I mean, I love it. I really love theory, always mm. have, but kind of frustrated by how, um, like, unapplied a lot of it felt. 
like yeah, yeah. just learning interesting things about people but not doing anything useful. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of lucky all through history and philosophy really. I always had pretty good relationships with all my lecturers and they let me do like uh, women's studies essays for every essay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, off you go, Jim. Uh, and at some point it seemed silly that I wasn't doing gender studies. Yeah. So okay. I did gender studies. I didn't start that till like, I guess it must have been like third year. Mm-hmm. I did undergrad took me five years. Mm. Um, and then when I was doing that, again, I thought it was really cool, but also didn't like how unapplied it was. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay. So I started volunteering at the Women's Information Service yeah. at the same time. Cool. And that's kind of, um, I put a lot of weight in having been there. It was like one of the best things I ever did. What was it like starting out there? Um, really brilliant. It was also, I w- over, I volunteered and then was a casual and then coordinated and then went back to being a casual at the Women's Information Service. Right. Over like five years. Okay, right. Um, so, uh, at first it was great because it was also before some of the really steep cuts came in. Mm. So the training was really good. And I mean, I was very lucky. I was only like maybe 20 when they hired me. Um, I should probably explain what the Women's Information Service is. <laughs> I was going to ask, but yeah, no, yeah. go for it. Uh, so it's a drop-in and phone service mm-hmm. for any women on any woman on any subject, mm-hmm. like trans-inclusive, racial, like cultural, sexuality, everything. Um, so it's both a crisis service around like domestic violence and mm-hmm. um, finance and homelessness, but it's also uh, – because it's a drop-in service, there's a lot of kind of older women and then just poor women, yeah. disadvantaged women, lonely women mm-hmm. who just come and hang out there, go on the internet, um, yeah, free internet access. Yeah, okay. Which was also when I started before the kind of um, council libraries, had, especially in the city, had really like taken off on programs around yeah, that nice. stuff. Like yeah. when I started, I was writing a program to teach women how to use computers. Mm-hmm. Like, women who had been taught to, like, fear using computers Mm -hmm. because of, like, abusive relationships. So, like, trying to familiarise people with just, like, uh, not being afraid that you're going to blow it up. Like, it's never going to blow up. Worst case scenario, we have to turn it off and on again. Yeah. And then also teaching them how to use a mouse, like, really basic training. And then also how to set up email accounts and people who are, like, a bit savvy but... Not no. savvy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old were you when you were doing this? Like, like 20? Yeah, so straight off the bat. Yeah. So the training program, that's what I was trying to say. The training program was brilliant because it was, I mean, it, I'm sure it's still quite good, but I know that funding cuts would have really, have, have really taken bits out of it. But when mm-hmm. I started, we had um, really extensive training from uh, like the Working Women's Centre. Mm-hmm. Women's Legal Service, these like main kind of central South Australian women's orgs would all come in and give us a really good kind of overview of what they do, mm-hmm. and that still happens. Um, but we also had uh, a woman named Sharon, who many would know as one of the bouncers at the Weedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's brilliant. Um, she used to teach, maybe still does. I think she's kind of winding out from it though. Um, women's self-defense but she taught us how to read a room 
because the nature of a drop-in drop crisis service is you don't know who's coming in. Yeah. So um, not defence, but just how to put yourself in safe spaces in a room. Yeah, right. So it's just this, like, very extensive, yeah. very impressive training. Yeah, and the sorts of things you wouldn't think to yeah. prepare yourself for. Yeah, but I think more important, like, that stuff is all good, but I think more importantly, the philosophy of the Women's Information Service is everyone is an expert in their own lives. So you're never telling anyone what to do. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea is you provide them as much information as you can mm-hmm. because we know about structural inequalities that people don't know what the, what they don't know. So they don't know what services they have. A lot of women didn't know that what they're experiencing would be classified as domestic violence mm-hmm. or that you can get discounts on your electricity bills or like all this kind of things that if you're not savvy and um, informed about like, why would you know that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> why would you be like, oh, if I just go to, like, the government office, they'll give me a 30% discount on my electric. Like, how yeah. would you know that? No. Um, but I think that that philosophy is, like, wholly important. You just don't, tr- like, talk to people and ask them why they're making decisions. But, yeah. you know, if they want to do it, who am I to say that they're making the wrong mm. choice? I don't know. I make heaps of wrong choices. No. <laughs> um, Why would I? <laughs> I don't think you should be doing that. By the way, I'm making the pump. <laughs> um, so, sort of training. <coughs> Sorry. Obviously, training. Good training is invaluable. Mm-hmm. But did you feel like? Because obviously you stayed there for quite a while. Mm. Did you feel like you had a natural aptitude for it? Oh, yeah. I'm really calm. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> How nice for you. Yeah. It's one of those things that I know is true of me, is that I am, like, overwhelmingly a calm person. Yeah, right. It's really rare for me to get, like, stressed in a bad way. And when I do, then it's like, ooh. <laughs> Something's right. gone really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Save that for those occasions. Yeah. And you feel like that's one of the really fundamental things in being good at your job, or was yeah. one of the really all fundamental things. Yeah, all my jobs, things. I think. Yeah. Um, is being calm. Because if you can stay calm, you can solve problems quicker. Yeah. Most of the time, I think. I think a lot of stress and distract, like stress is a distraction. It's also like, a, not to poo-poo stress, it's a like, useful tool as well. But I think, especially in crisis situations... And an ability to um, separate yourself, to be like, like a, another central thing we got taught there is that like, you getting upset does not help anyone. Yeah. Um, which is hard, and why I left was like I went, well, went away and then I came back because there is a um, saturation point of yeah. hearing horrible stories. I can imagine. Um, but like in the moment, me being teary and sympathetic to. A woman who's just told me some horrific story doesn't help her. No. She already knows it's horrific. Yeah. She's come to me to find out what like what other pathways are around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you were doing that and still working hospo while yeah. you were at uni? Yeah. And I was volu- I was a volunteer at WIS for like two years, maybe more, and then working hospo to support myself. I didn't have a uh, new start. And then or Central Youth Lounge, yeah, whatever yeah, it's yeah. called, Central mm-hmm. um, and then studying part-time. Okay. Always thinking I was studying full-time, but never com- never succeeding at the full force subject. Yeah. <laughs> Every semester being like, this yeah, is yeah. the one. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Yep. 
always got census day written down mm. somewhere in really good letters. Uh, my transcript is full of withdrawn up fails, withdraw fails, and then the odd fail. Yeah. Just like this bold confidence that everything What you're doing so much stuff at once. Yeah, not to like the essay deadline, the final essay deadline being like, I've really overcommitted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those weeks are horrific. To I be haven't fair. read any of this. <laughs> yeah. I know about that feeling. Yeah. Um, you did honours. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you decide to do that? Um, well, after undergrad, I went and worked for a couple of years. Okay. Um, I worked, well, I was coordinating WIS for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I got offered an electoral um, EO position. I've forgotten what O stands for, but it's uh, in Penny Wong's office. All right. Uh, for the election that year, which would have been 2013, I guess. Yeah. Um, which seemed... Partly because I'd been at WISC for so long, I was excited to um, do something different. Mm-hmm. And WISC was, we were always on like rolling casual contracts, even when we was coordinating it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the casualization in Australia is horrific. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. So sorry, I didn't realize that you've done that. I didn't mean to skip two years of your working life. Just no. Then. So how did you end up coordinating? Uh, I just was got to a point where I'd been there for mm. a long time mm-hmm. and had the availability mm. and like coordinating I wasn't the manager so there's the manager who oversees like um the kind of bigger picture stuff mm-hmm. but coordinating is like rostering volunteers okay um being in the shop front all the time mm-hmm. to make sure like to step in if there's a issue and stuff yeah okay uh and that's also why I left because it's it had never been the case that some one person was there every day. Yeah. And it's not good to be there every day because it's, you're also like writing boring procedure and then you get a phone call and it's stressful. And I got a phone call of um, like an acquaintance in a really horrific situation. And she was like a similar age to me and like more educated than I was and more confident and qualified and she was just in this horrific situation and she I was working through with her what she should do and she'd done like everything like everything we would recommend she had done yeah and I just had a little bit of a (laughs) break in myself yeah what is it what does it all mean (laughs) (laughs) like the solutions don't work uh, and conveniently, a federal election was coming up, and someone was like, "Would you like to work in this office?" <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, I would. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so you just thought that that would give you a reprieve from that yeah. feeling of kind of hopelessness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, did it? I mean, me not. It also, well, it also, I was like, maybe I like politics, and then I did that, and I was like, mm, I don't like politics. <laughs> Got to figure it out. I get that. Process of elimination. Yep. Okay. Okay. So somebody suggested you go into that role. A couple of friends in the office. Um, And one of them was leaving and they kind of suggested me. Okay. So I went for a meeting with the manager. Mm -hmm. Um, Electoral officer work is like... Mostly admin and media monitoring and then mm-hmm. responding to constituents. So it was like a way lower key version of what I've been doing at WIS. Right. Yeah. Um, so 
I don't really have any issue about that. Okay. Uh, and it paid heaps more. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah, so then I had this small window of what we called at the time king life, which is the first time thing that money means nothing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. What a wonderful time in everybody in their early 20s mm. lives. That small window that everybody seems to get to enjoy at some point yeah. where they have a lot of money yeah. and not a lot of Or just comparatively a lot of money as well. <laughs> yeah. like you're st- a lot. Yeah, you're still living in... <laughs> You're kind of um, mediocre share house. So With five other people. Yeah, your rent's 90 bucks. So if yeah. you're earning like 60K, I mean, 60K is a decent, yes. it's more than I am now. But, it's certainly more than I am. Um, but also a lot of people wouldn't think of that as king life. <laughs> yes, I can totally appreciate that, being able to come home to like your gourmet stocked fridge yeah. and your nice sheets. Yeah. There's nothing better. Um, so that how long were you... There, yeah, not position. long. It's all a bit of a blur, but yeah, I was there for the election, so I guess it was like six months ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you get the lead up, and then I stayed for a bit after. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked as a volunteer recruiter for St John's Ambulance for a little while. Okay. I thought that would be cool. I didn't care for it. <laughs> like I left in like three months. I was in a maternity contract, and I got oh, in wow. there. Just hated it. Became the, like really the depressed. Or the people. It was mostly the people. I had one. Mm. My man, my direct manager, mm. uh, was this like wonderful woman. This mm. like so. St John's is also a um, paramilitary organization, which means there's like it's run and half of it is run in the same structure as the military, and half of it is run as a corporate entity. <laughs> And I was kind of, as a volunteer recruiter, working for the corporate entity to recruit the people for, for the, the military. military? Yeah. I mean, they're just doing first aid. They're not joining the military. I know. This sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Okay. And that, that, that didn't yeah. go so well. Turns out um, I don't have a lot in common with people who really dig the military. <laughs> I'm shocked. Mm. I'm shocked. <laughs> Oh, this is a weird place. It's going to be an interesting insight now that you're away from it mm. and have to deal with it every day into yeah. what that's like because it's not a world most civilians see. No. I mean, most of it, like the things that really got me was just being in an office with women who constantly talked about dieting. Like, oh, God. Okay, and that can happen anywhere. Yeah, it can happen anywhere. It wasn't just them. It was mostly the dieting chat at some point. I have this memory of someone telling me I was eating too many bananas. <laughs> just like, what do you mean? How is that? I didn't even know that was possible. And also, I'd been substituting bananas for the Kitchener buns I'd been <laughs> eating daily as a like escape from this office. <laughs> so your healthy option was being critiqued. <laughs> In that moment, I was like, I've got to, got to go. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And my boss, I remember being so scared to quit because I really liked her. Mm. And she really liked me because I also didn't talk about dieting. (laughs) We're both just efficient workers. It's really easy to make friends Mm. when you're both just, everyone's just getting their job done. Yes. It took me like weeks to work up to quitting, even though it was making me so sad. Mm. Uh, And I told her and she was like, Oh my god, the sweet words you always wanted to hear. It was weird though, in that office, so the office, 
just a weird anecdote, but I think Please. it's funny. Yeah. I like was in the printer room, which is kind of a caricature of what a printer room is in an office. You know, mm-hmm. it's like floor to ceiling paper and a, a printer in a really small room. And I was in this room, I don't know, printing, I guess. And some man came up. So there was a big organization. So there was people I'd met on the first day when you get toured around and then had never seen before. Yeah. And this was, he was one of those people. And he's just, and I walked in and he said, I heard you got out. <laughs> and he's like, Congratulations. Oh and then just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd met you earlier. Oh Maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. Maybe here. not. <laughs> So all these people are just trapped in in mm. this small hell. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's um, anything particular about that organisation. I think it's just the nature no, sure. of doing work that um, I think I've a few times ended up in places that seem like you're doing good work, like mm. socially good work, mm-hmm. but you're actually not. <laughs> you're doing just misc admin all the time yeah uh, and I think there's something uh I don't know it's like a what's the word mm, it's just disjointing to be like I hate this and it's not like why am I here <laughs> I could just be a waitress again at least that's fun sometimes yeah yes oh god okay so no reason to ask why you left that job then mm. uh but you left that job mm-hmm. what happened next oh i was unemployed for like six months mm. i was on new start that didn't help with the sadness yeah um it did give me i mean i already knew um welfare was horrific because i'd never been able to get on it yeah um through university despite really trying I got on it for the last six months. Oh, yeah, a similar thing happened to me. So I knew it was bad and, you know, I'd done a social science degree, so it's not like I didn't know the theory of it, but something about being in those offices and mm. especially after having worked, like, comparatively extensively in bureaucracy. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm confused as to what's happening here and, like, policy and procedures, stuff I like. Yeah. No wonder everyone else who's doesn't have policy and procedure background or English as a first language or access to vehicles or whatever it is are like losing their mind yeah. in here. Yeah. I'm losing my mind. Yeah, most people are in those spaces. Yeah. That like depressing and centering green doesn't help either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was unemployed. Oh, and then Whisk got, took me back. Oh. <laughs> as a casual. Yeah. Which is nice. And I did that, and then I, oh, I applied to do, we got the Augusta Zato Scholarship, which is a scholarship that Safe Work SA do twice, once a year. It's two $10,000 scholarships mm-hmm. for any woman doing any research into improving the working lives for women. So it's really broad. Um, some people, like the woman who won, the other woman who won it the same year, I was, doing it was she was looking at like breast cancer like some chemicals in some workplace and whether they cause breast cancer wow. she was doing like a medical phd yeah some people have done it at, like from unions who are doing work around domestic violence leave in workplaces mm-hmm. i got it i partnered with the ywca mm-hmm. who an organization i knew from having been at WIS for so long mm-hmm. um to expand on a safety survey they did about women's safety mm-hmm. in festivals. Mm-hmm. So they did a survey. And, I mean, 
it's not an objective survey, but I think it was indicative enough that it provided the grounding for me to argue for doing more thorough research. Okay. Uh, their research said that um, women who attend the festival feel uncomfortable. Like a lot of the hunters mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable and avoid part of the city around that time because they don't feel safe. Mm. My theory was that if the punters don't feel safe, how do the staff feel? Because they can't just not go to that part of the city. Yeah. Um, so I got, I won it, which was nice. Mm. And then I was like, I'm not an independent researcher. <laughs> I've just done an undergrad. Yeah. Uh, so I approached uh, Dee, who's um, one of the gender studies lecturers at Adelaide Uni, and mm. I'd done... I did every gender study subject, so I... <laughs> I did too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know everyone. Yeah. Um, and asked if she'd supervise me and I could make it an honours degree. Mm. So then I got to do that. Nice. Which was magic because yeah. I got $10,000, which like paid my rent for a year. Yeah. Plus like rent and bills. And then um, I got youth allowance finally because I'd finally turned over 25. so it was the first year ever that I only had to do one thing Mm. so I got to do just honors and then I did great in it yeah because it's a horrific privilege to not have to be doing heaps of other work yeah yeah oh god how wonderful yeah and then all of a sudden became like jealous in hindsight of people I'd studied with who I thought like at the time, I was like, we're on the same level. We're both, we're all just doing this together. And I was like, you weren't in it with me. No. We weren't, we didn't have the same. <laughs> no. There are people having a radically different experience of <laughs> university. Even like some of my best buddies at the time, it had just like never clicked, but they were living at home. Yeah. And either not working or doing like a little bit of work with a union or something kind of nice. Not that I begrudge people doing that, but. It just hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> oh my god! It, the like yeah. radical difference that money makes. What a groundbreaking thought from me today. It's, no, I think I fully comprehend what you're talking about. I had a similar like can't for who knows what fucking reason mm. can't seem to get through to Centrelink on the fact that I need need money. Yeah, uh, I'm living on like thirty dollars a week, and then I remember I moved in with one of my close male friends mm. who was doing an arts degree mm-hmm. as well, and we were living together. I think in the last year mm-hmm. of our undergrad, I suppose it must have been. Yeah, um, and that's all that he had to do. Yeah, like that. That was it. Yeah. And that life is lovely. Like, damn nice. Being a God student when nice. you're just a student is like my favourite thing. Yes. Essays <laughs> were always so beautiful, <laughs> so polished. He was just like deep in the knowledge, mm. having this very university experience. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like sweaty, eating maggi noodles mm. and going to work four days a week. And uh, yeah. You also reminded me, I did like Andy and Radio Adelaide all through. Oh my God. <laughs> No wonder. <laughs> Jesus. Right, so a tendency to overcommitment, maybe. I just like stuff. <laughs> yeah, potato, potato. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, radio had always been, like, all through high school, I was such a, like, music dork. Mm. But 
when I got to uni and they're like, we'll just put you on the air. <laughs> so much power. Because <laughs> they just sung there like yes. for an hour at midnight Perfect. every day. Well, not every day, once a week. Nice. Yeah, so I did radio for like four years as well. Wow. And I didn't edit on D, I just wrote the occasional thing. Yeah, okay. But I was, in terms of like leg ups you get, I think, although the finances were a disaster most of the mm. time. But, you know, I was, it was, you know, I was living also a relatively comfortable yeah. white student life in a share house with my mates. We, we most of the time could afford beer. Yeah. So, you know, your life's not that bad. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. If you can all chip in on a slab, then yeah. it's going to be all right. Like six kilos of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. What did you like about doing your honours other than only having to do your honours? Um, well, heaps of it was just that, and it was, I got to do qualitative research, which is interviews, which I love, mm. but I got to just, like, um, think my thoughts the whole way through, mm. which is nice, like, it's so nice when all my essays really to date, apart from, like, to date at that point, apart from, like, some real outliers, had been, like, two weeks after the deadline, being like, that's a good half thought. <laughs> Pop it in. <laughs> Find a reference. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Uh, so the ability to just um, do that was really cool. And I got to like the, the, the process I used meant developing my own theory, which yeah. is um, really good. It's called ground, uh, grounded theory. Mm-hmm. So you take the data and then you try and, like, build and uh, you work backwards to work out why something's happening mm. from the data rather than being like, I think it's happening because of X. And trying to impose that onto yeah. the data that you found. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a complicated way to do stuff and there's obviously some back and forth. But, um, yeah, I just loved it. And I, I was, like, financially comfortable, mm. living in a nice place, like, bike ride from the city, mm. just rode in get in at 10 most days, stay till 4 to 6, mm. Monday to Friday, when I had weekends, like I treated it like a job, mm. and then I didn't really get stressed in honours, like mm. I was obviously concerned, and mm. in the last couple of weeks, a very good friend's um, father died, so I thought I had a couple of weeks to kind of do my conclusion, but actually I ended up just hanging out with their family a lot, mm-hmm. being a friend. So the last couple of days were horrible because I was like, oh, no, I've got to go back to that thing. But I was lucky at the time to have um, a supportive partner who uh, edited for me, <laughs> checked oh, my yeah. grammar. <laughs> yes, nice. Yeah. Nothing, nothing more supportive yeah. than that. A lot of like, stop with the commas. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, and what did you do after you finished? Honours. Um, yeah, also at the end of honours, I'd started at WIS again. Mm-hmm. And don't know why. Don't know why. Maybe someone asked me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, honours about to finish. I don't have a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, makes sense. So I had been doing that really, really casually. Mm-hmm. And then um, Vital Statistics Director... Um, called me and asked me if I wanted to be their communications coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I had I have a real respect for Vital Statistics as a company and organization. One of my favorite things, which I think helps has helped me get through bits of work you don't like, especially with WIS, with any of this, is paying attention to the history of organizations and kind of um, really never want to look down on the legacy of these things. Mm. So Vitals asked me, and I'd always thought Vitals was brilliant, but also I had no background as a communications coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Other than like doing media releases for Penny Wong, which is actually just transcribing Penny Wong's speech. And yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot of personal skill there. <laughs> it's not me. Uh, but I got hired because she liked my politics. Mm. And I've this month's my last month at Vitals, and that was two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, what is your job? Uh, at Vitals? Yeah. Uh, communications coordinator. Yeah, but I mean, like, what, what does do that I do? mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, it's also because it's such a small team. Like, part of my job is obviously the social media, um, media releases, mm. talking to artists, making sure artists are where they're supposed to be. Mm. But it's also shared with um, Becky Love, or have been, Becky's also just left. Um, so that there's a lot of overlap, mm. and heaps of it is just because it's a team of five and four of us are part-time, and we put on, in the last year especially, it was like at least one event a month, mm. like one showing, one performance. Um, it's just getting stuff done. Yeah. So it's like you get there, do a bunch of web copy, website updates, stuff like that, go downstairs, help bump in, mm. come back upstairs, do some more website stuff. Yeah. Get posters out, blah, blah, blah. Go work behind a bar. Yeah. Okay. So just everything. <laughs> yeah. Then. Yeah. Cool. Not just me, like the whole team does yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you do other things as well. Yeah. Side, right? Yeah, I've been working doing freelance. Oh, I don't know what a word is. It's this hard thing I've been trying to work out lately of this fine line between being comfortable saying that I just get stuff done, but also simultaneously trying not to dismiss work I do. It's not to be like, <laughs> my work means nothing, yeah. but also... I don't find it very stressful, so yeah, it's a weird balance. But yeah. um, running essentially small festivals and events um, with another now good friend and uh, kind of old, older mentor. Mm. <laughs> She'd hate it, but I said older. <laughs> I don't mean older as in that she's. I just mean she's you know a decade ahead of me and yeah, uh, has always kind of yeah, and has always been super supportive of me. Yeah. Uh, so I've just. Um, like, we ran some kids' festivals, mm-hmm. and then I did marketing for the Spirit Festival. Just festival work is – I'm just really good at organising people. Yeah. So that's essentially what I've been doing. Yeah. What made you guys decide to start doing it? Well, she does it anyway, and she just asked yeah. if I'd do it with her. Nice. And I oh, I've also do have done some research assistant work, and then also weird jobs like auditing how many people are in a room for – a week because it pays you cash and yep. it's just super easy. Yeah, so just cobbling work <laughs> yeah. together. Um, talk to me a little bit about the Mary Lee Exchange. Mm-hmm. So the Mary Lee Exchange is a little brainchild of Becky Love and I. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were first started working together and becoming friends, we kind of realised that we both wanted it something like that to exist mm-hmm. and that we'd just been kind of waiting 
for someone else to do it because mm-hmm. there's something in Melbourne that's kind of similar called Shishela Femme. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, ours better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, work for yourself. But um, uh, just kind of an opportunity to listen and learn from these kind of brilliant women and non-binary people that we knew and yep. this kind of idea that we both knew all these amazing people mm. and we wanted to get them all together mm-hmm. like as well as the audience mm. um and uh kind of learning from people who are ahead of you yeah. I think is really important and or beside you or behind you um just people who are coming at things from different angles mm-hmm. and trying to get every a couple of those different angles on a panel mm. to talk about an issue. I thought it'd be brilliant. Mm. So we um, came up with a name mm-hmm. uh, and then we uh, got a small $1,000 grant from the YWCA because mm-hmm. a big part of it as well is that we wanted to pay everyone, not ourselves, but like speakers get paid. Um, sound people get paid venue hire stuff like that mm-hmm. um as part of that kind of broader idea that uh, women don't get paid for their expertise a lot of the time and especially non-binary people as well so the idea that you coming and talking about your life is you sharing your expertise with us mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of money for you but we want to give you something mm-hmm. as a kind of token of appreciation yeah. and your time <laughs> yeah uh especially when a lot of these people are like super overcommitted to stuff all the time. So yeah. the idea that they'll come for their Saturday afternoon, spend like three hours with us is um, like, that's a pretty big privilege. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we've done four, mm-hmm. always trying to make them quarterly, but that's not happened. I had biannual so far. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, so you're leaving battles now. Yes. I got a um, scholarship to do a master's research. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Were you looking for a scholarship? Did you apply for it yourself? Yeah, I applied for it. Um, I kind of had this research in the back of my head for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was about time I gave it a go. Yeah. I've liked working in the arts. I really, really have. But it's not in any way like my passion. Yeah. Like I'm passionate about art. I like going to see it. But... Mm -hmm. In no way do I want to, is, do I see like my life as an arts administrator um, yeah. or coordinator or whatever that is. Mm. It's not my background either. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. just kind of a nice couple of years I've had. Nice. Um, so I was excited. I wanted to go back to research. Research. What's the grant? Uh, it's just the, it used to be called the APA. It's like the same scholarship you get for and the federal scholarship for PhD and master's research. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So not a, a particularly specific one. Where will you go? Uh, I'm just like Flinders at mm. Tunsley. I'm um, looking at the social impact of the end of the automotive industry in the state. Wow. Mm. Are you hoping to do it in a similar way with interviews? Oh yeah, very much. Yeah. <laughs> the plan is that it'll be kind of like a. It's, counterintuitive but like a mini longitudinal study so I'll mm-hmm. interview the same people a couple of times yeah over the course of the research to kind of see how expectations change and the situations change it's the big plan 
That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so appealing to me. Yeah. And I mean, the old Mitsubishi factory, which has this kind of nice irony to it. it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That area is so interesting at the moment. Yeah. That's where my family lives down south. Yeah. It's so interesting to see it being... Shinied up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the right way to describe it. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you feel like is kind of important? Um, I don't, and I guess in terms of, I feel like maybe when I was talking about that, it's just this story of like solo gem making her way through the world. Um, <laughs> but I've always had really supportive people around me. Yeah. Like my mum, uh, like she has no idea what I'd do with my time or life or research and she's kind of checked out halfway through my undergrad but she's had always had like an unfaltering belief that I'm just really clever which is thanks mom super lovely yes also makes for a really lazy kid (laughs) don't worry about it I'm super clever yeah (laughs) yes I'll get back to it later (laughs) yes um but it is nice to have someone who's like She's never stressed about what I'm doing, so I don't yeah. feel stressed about it either most yeah. of the time. Um, and she has a good heart. Mm. Uh, and then at uni, like in history, I, I've always had really supportive academics. Mm. The Gender Studies Department at Adelaide Uni are wonderful. I really love them. And yeah. they're, always, they're always trying to trick me into doing a PhD with them. Oh, yeah. You know about <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> what you doing, Jim? You want to you wanna come back? Um, and then working at WIS, I also met um, women in the sector, the women's sector, which is always kind of amazing to have some comrades. Mm-hmm. But also, um, like a really, there's this kind of, uh, I think it's a Ron Padgett, a line from this poem I like by Ron Padgett called How to Be Perfect, which everyone should read. It's really like satisfying thing mm-hmm. to read. Um, I think this is the lines from there, but one of the lines is about um, the importance of having friends from different stages of life. Mm-hmm. And at WIS, a lot of the volunteers were women in their, like, 60s to 80s. Yeah. And they are volunteering at WIS, so <laughs> they were, like, uh, feminist librarians at a time when it was expected that you would quit your job when you got married, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And they're just this kind of... Um, something really nice about this about the legacy I'm really into the legacy (laughs) of like seeing where we've come from and standing with people who are you know 80 and and I still think it's worth trying (laughs) nice uh yeah yeah yeah. so that's always been lovely to um and I guess part of that is our idea behind the Mary Lee exchange as well is Mm. the um, it's really bolstering to um, uh, hear from people who are fighting the same or a allied fight as you, mm. and it's uh, you don't feel so alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have any questions for me or for Gemma, just reach out to me on our social. As usual, like and follow us in all the right places, and rate us on iTunes. I've been Taryn Bell. This has been Gate Close Panic. I will see you next week. Bye.